Sonntag blieben draußen globen. <lacht> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Kevin Zimmerman is here. He edits everything. And he also co-hosts Empire of the Suns podcast with Kellen Olson. Kevin, what's going on, man? Do I edit everything? I don't know. Do you? <laughs> Sometimes not well. Shouldn't you be editing something right now as you talk? <laughs> Probably. Or are, you, or are you just trying to, like, figure out your calculus spreadsheet with all these draft picks to chart them where they are and where they've been and where they're going? I just said I was told in chemistry class not to rem- memorize the periodic table because you can always just look it up and it's a waste of space and that's how I'm approaching this. Yeah, <laughs> Good idea. That's good. That might be the best way to approach it, the uh, NBA salary cap situation, which um, I'm starting to lose track of which picks the Suns have. I, I, I didn't think it was that hard to follow that you, know, you, can, you can only trade every other first-round pick. So they had first-round picks every other year. But then you start mixing in pick swaps. And now you're mixing an additional pick swap. So I don't even know which pick swaps are being swapped. Uh, what would, in your mind, is the logic from the Suns' perspective to even make this trade? Yeah, so I think you just look at the roster situation. They were already won over in Tumani Kamara's contracts. You know, second-round pick, it looks like he's pretty much guaranteed this year. Um, so basically, they were won over. They needed to get rid of a body. And, and Todd, when you looked at just kind of what he was, he's a project. Um, you look at how he went to the G League Ignite. He was um, with Washington. He played a little bit, but he just didn't have an NBA skill. Like, the shooting numbers were not good. Um, he's ideally a spot-up um, stretch big. Um, I, I honestly don't know how good of a on-ball defender and that kind of thing he is. Um, great athlete, but he just has a lot more work to do, and it just didn't really line up to like help the Suns. Like he doesn't have an NBA-ready skill set. Um, so Grizzlies, that's the team they'll, they'll send to the G League and put a lot of effort into him. So that makes sense from their end. And then they have so many picks they've assembled, second-round picks, and the Suns have none from all their trades. I think it just made sense for both sides to you know take a development project. They can't use all their picks. They get something out of it. Suns get something where look whether they trade those. Um, in another deal for a significant piece, as you saw, you can get Bradley Beal for a bunch of second round picks and other stuff. There's value in that, or you just keep them in second round picks for this team now with not having very many firsts or pick swaps on first. Um, there's they can sign second round picks down the road. <laughs> it's, it, I was just joking uh, with Luke Kevin about I don't know. I know in the NFL that you. That, you you can't even trade picks that far down the road like you can do in the NBA. But when you start talking about picks in 2030, it almost just seems like, what? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that, you know, in, in seven years. But it's, it's just it's just crazy that, you know, some of these later later year picks are included in some of these deals. Yeah. I mean, even when you look at like how the Rams operated the last few years and now the Suns, it's kind of like, we'll worry about that next year. Yeah. But that's more of a we'll worry about that next decade, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. guess. We'll worry about the <laughs> two GMs picks. from now if, if things yeah. go poorly. Um They've got 15 guys now. I mean, in theory, Kevin, you have your roster set. Now, I, I know there's there's always the possibility of a DA trade. Uh, I don't know where you come out on that, but I, I actually I think I do know where you come out on that. It seems pretty unlikely at this point. So with the 15 guys they have, I know there was talk yesterday. Gambo tweeted out they might go after Bull Bull, who cleared waivers. Um, or, you know, that maybe just means somebody else they might go after. Do you feel like this is pretty much it, or are they still looking to tinker this summer? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the move yesterday was a sign that they're going to tinker and set themselves up. That was more of a setup move, I guess, is how you would label it. Um, barring that Aiton, an Aiton trade, we just don't see coming. I think it's pretty set. I mean, you got all the pieces. As I've kind of said the roster doesn't have any big flaws in terms of skill sets and that kind of thing. It's filled out. And yeah, and I'm actually surprised like we go into summer league with like questions that can be answered with a couple guys who will actually maybe be usable and in the rotation of the regular NBA team. Um, so kind of excited that like you, last few years we haven't gone into Vegas season knowing or thinking that there's much importance in it. But this year there actually is with uh, Jordan Goodwin out there and also Kamara. You mentioned the Summer League, and maybe this is sometimes people don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Seems that maybe this year it'll be more pay what they play. I think they play tomorrow, I think is their first game. I mean, as you look at it, and what do you think people should be looking at, and how will, how will you be looking at the Summer League? Is it a little more, more attractive than it's been in re- recent years because of all this roster moving? Yeah, I mean, just starting with. NBA wide, uh, Britney Spears and Wemby being in the news cycle the last 24 <laughs> hours was a lot. But when you go down to the Suns, yeah, I mean, I think it starts with Jordan Goodwin. I mean, he's a guy who, if he just shows like a, becomes an average, like a 35% three point shooter, then suddenly you can say, oh, he's not just a guy who will be pushing in the rotation for a few minutes. Or if someone gets hurt, it's going to be like he might be super valuable to this team. Um, you know, when it's completely healthy and off the bat, because I think he's a guy who, you know, you read everything about him, you watch film, um, great on-ball defender, everyone calls him a dog, like has that dog in him, as the kids say. Um, and and at, as Wolf says. Yeah. <laughs> the kids and Wolf. Wolf will probably, he'll probably be Wolf's favorite player, if we're guessing, <laughs> um, when Wolf's back and basketball starts up. But yeah, I mean, he's super interesting because like people aren't even talking about this stuff that he can do as a point guard and that's probably his position is he'll block down lead guards but also he can initiate offense i was just running through numbers like pick and roll ball handler percentage like a lot of his possessions he got a lot of work in that in like 62 games i think for the wizards last year so it's not like he's just like raw from an offensive perspective the shot might be raw and he's working on it but he has a lot of experience now from one year of whatever one year can tell you of running an offense in the NBA. So I think that's a huge thing for him to develop in the summer league too. Talking to Kevin Zimmerman, uh, Kevin, we're not going to hold you to this answer specifically because there's no way. And <laughs> maybe we should, we should just write yeah, down yeah. exactly what he says. How do you expect them to approach this season in terms of whatever you want to call it, load management, trying to figure out a rotation? I mean, in my mind, everything's geared to, towards the playoffs, which is basically like an eight or a nine man rotation anyway. So when do you start to see them trying to figure that out? And yet, at the same time, not overuse, say, Kevin Durant in games in December. Yeah, I mean, I was worried in the playoffs last year, even though Durant didn't play much during the regular season. And um, these guys have injury histories, all three stars, to very different degrees, I guess. Books are not as concerning as the other two guys who are older. Um, I think you need to approach it kind of like they did last year, where it's, okay, we need to start off playing together, get a lot of reps, get a lot of reps, work on it each day, see how our lineups and our matchups go within our own team with the big three. And then, you know, injuries are going to happen, little dings, and that's where I think they can do a better job. They did a better job last year of just saying, hey, if you, like, sprained your ankle, if it's swollen even, we're going to shut you down for, like, a couple games at least. And then you start picking off games here and there. 
and hopefully avoid serious injury. And then maybe if you're at 60 to 70 games played for all those guys, I think that's in a great spot. And hopefully you don't have to do that all at once where you're missing multiple of them at the same time. But I, I think there is a lot of, you know, not just pulling them for the sake of keeping mileage off because you can do that in practice and in other ways and giving the ball to other guys, which they've done last year, especially with Chris Paul. But I, I think there's a lot of caution you can take with just making sure you track minor injuries, if that makes sense. Before, oh, go ahead, Howard. Intrigued by what you said about Goodwin and running the offense and a point guard, because I think that's something a question that everybody kind of wonders about is how what will that position look like? And I'm sure it'll probably change from time to time. But what... W- what do you think that it'll develop as the season progresses at that position without having to have you know Booker be the point guard or something like that? Yeah, I think there's, again, looking back to last season with Chris Paul, I mean, they stuck him in the corner and that kind of took away his value to some degree, but it did save him. And I think there's going to be a lot of value in saving Book and Beal from initiating offense. And it's not bad either, because then if Goodwin's bringing it up, even if a Kogi's bringing it up occasionally... Um, just the floor spacing like you look at the spot up numbers for like even Kevin Durant or book like if if you run a Jordan Goodwin pick and roll with Aiton and he has to decide whether he's passing to Bradley Beal Kevin Durant or Devin Booker like basketball is easy for him like <laughs> basketball you could probably do that so I, I know I'm, I'm overselling that but yeah, like that just that sounds too simple but I think there's a lot of value in at least getting a feel for that and giving the guys other other guys a chance I guess just to be clear Howard you could not do that that's no Kevin's I don't, I don't think, think I did I, I did do that as a freshman in college well, I was you, actually a, a point guard when freshmen played uh, college basketball I didn't play a whole lot but I, when I was in there I did that Kevin before you leave can you tell us Corbin Carroll is okay or is there no oh I hope Okay. So. Kevin, great stuff as always, man. We'll be reading. Thanks. Everything you edit, actually, as it turns out. All right.